What's up, church? How are you guys doing today? Man, we need to make it every Sunday. We got to make it Chris, ugly Christmas sweater Sunday because we, we have to break out the sweaters and God gave us amazing weather today, right? It actually feels like it's winter. It's amazing. The problem is, is me personally, if I have to wear this ugly sweater inside for more than like five minutes, I will be sweating profusely. So I wanted to show you guys I'm here. I'm in the spirit. I'll be wearing it right after service. But right now, ugh, before I start sweating profusely, let me not mess up the microphone either. Sorry about that. So today we are going to continue our Christmas songs series. And we are going to be looking at Mary's song of praise. And I'm excited to dive into that. But before we get there, I want to tell you about something that happened nine years ago this very same time of year. See, nine years ago, my wife and I, we were super excited about what God was doing in our lives. We had been married already for about a year, a year and a half. We were super pumped right when Christmas rolled around because our Christmas cards were going to let everybody know we were expecting. Yeah, that, thank you. One person. Appreciate it. Uh, we even went as far as taking like those super cheesy, corny pictures where she had like the bow on the tummy and I'm behind her. And if you got one of those, I apologize. Feel free to burn it if you have it. Um, you totally have my permission to because I think I would have done that if I got it myself. And we were pumped and we were excited and it was a great time in our lives. It was an awesome season. We were thanking God. We were praising God. We couldn't have been happier. But every Tuesday would roll around, and as we were getting closer to announcing this, we felt worse and worse and worse. Because when we would go to small group on Tuesday nights, there was this couple there, and they couldn't conceive. And their hearts were broken. And they would cry, and we would pray for them, we'd lay hands on them. And just, just lift them up to God. And it was crazy because in the middle of this season and in the, in the middle of appointments and in the middle of procedures and surgeries and all kinds of stuff to try to be able to have a baby, this couple never once was mad. Never once did they question like, God, why us? They praised him. They would always say, God is good. He can only be good. God is faithful and he can only be faithful. God has done so much for us. And even if this isn't his will, if, if having a kid is not for us, we're okay with that and we will rejoice in him no matter what. Man, that's faith. Imagine having that radical faith, church, that you would be able to praise God no matter what's going on in your life. Fast forward about a year, and they got pregnant. And they had this beautiful baby girl, a blessing, a miracle. And then they moved to Florida. And just keeping up with them on Facebook, man, that little girl is a handful, so they got everything they asked for. <laughs> but an amazing blessing from God. Again, fast forward a few more years through other small groups, we meet another family, another couple 
who's in the same situation. They can't conceive. And it's a struggle for them. But through the struggle and through the hurt and the heartache, they had the same posture before God. As a matter of fact, I remember so many times, again, throughout the appointments and the procedures and the surgeries and all the things that you do to try to have a baby. We would walk into their apartment, and in their apartment, they had this big board where you would be able to rearrange the letters to put whatever message you want up. And every single time, it was a message that would remind them how good God is, how faithful God has been. And man, their story didn't end the same way. See, they weren't able to conceive, but again, God is good. Through work, they were able to find a baby that had been abandoned just hours after her birth. And for the last two years, they've been raising her through the foster system. And last month, thanks to God, they were able to adopt her into their family forever. But through it all, the ups and the downs, they were able to continuously praise God. Can you do that though? Do you do that? No matter the season, no matter the time, do you praise God for who he is and what he's done? Because I know I struggle with that. Big time, that used to be a big struggle for me. Things would go wrong and I'd start asking questions. Why God, what did I do? Why are you doing this to me? And yet, as I've grown in my faith, I've seen God's hand and goodness through it all. But when circumstances change, we tend to feel bitter. We get heartbroken. We question him instead of thanking him and praising him for his presence in our lives. And so when you go through seasons of worry or struggle or suffering, remember, we have to praise God for his goodness his kindness, his grace, his mercy, and for his sovereignty in our lives through those circumstances. As we open up the scriptures today, and as we look at Mary's song of praise, this is coming in the middle of a very confusing season for her. See, just a few verses earlier, Mary was told, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. And she believed it. She was like, okay, but how? I've never known a man. I'm not even married yet. Like, this is going to be horrible for me. So the angel goes to Joseph and tells him the very same thing. Mary's going to have a child. How? I don't understand. And so in trying to make sense of all of these things, Mary goes and she goes to visit some family. And as she's on her way to visit family, this is where we pick up. So if you have your Bible with you or you have uh, the Bible underneath the seat, open it up to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. In those days, this is verse 39, Mary arose and she went with haste into the hill country, into a town in Judah. 
And she entered into the house of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. Okay, so picture what's going on here. She's traveling. She goes to another town. She walks into the house and the very first thing is she says, I'm here. Hello, what's up? Que paso? Right? Hola tia or hola prima. She walks in and she says, hello. That's literally it. She greets Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the sound of her voice, the baby in her womb leaped. Now, if you're a lady in here and you've ever been pregnant, right, you know if you get like a kick, you're like, whoa, okay. Or if you get like one of those elbows going on up here, like pushing up on your lungs or your stomach or something like that, whoa. John isn't doing that. He's doing jumping jacks. Right, like picture that. Mary walks in, she greets Elizabeth, and John is going crazy in her womb. And we see why in the very next set of verses. This is the end of verse 41. It says, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, in this moment, John is jumping for joy because he knows who is there. Elizabeth's reaction to Mary walking in is one of excitement because she knows who's here. She's been filled with the Holy Spirit. God has given her that wisdom. Check out what she says. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. She knew who Mary was carrying. She knew what was going on. She gets it. Her husband, Zechariah, hasn't even gotten this far. He hasn't gotten this yet. We see that in a few verses, but Pastor Eddie spoke on it last week. Then check out what she says in verse 44. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, my baby in my womb was leaping with joy. She says it again. John is going crazy. And blessed is she, this is verse 45, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary believed what the angel said. And she was faithful, whether she understood it or she didn't. And so now that we kind of have the background taken care of, let's jump in to Mary's song of praise. As we jump into this, I want you to keep in mind repetition, saying something over and over again. That's one way of saying don't miss this. She starts off her song of praise in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In her Savior. Her heart is so full and her spirit is so overwhelmed by what God is doing through her that she can do nothing else but sing his praises. My spirit is overcome and rejoices for God. She sings praises for who he is. And she does it in a way that the Hebrews would use uh, in poetry called parallelism. She's repeating herself. She's saying it again because it's that big of a deal. 
verse 48 gives insight into her heart and her feeling in all of this. She's praising God. She wants to magnify his name. She wants to give him all the attention and honor and glory because she said that he's looked upon the humble estate of his servant. She's like, I'm not worthy to do this. Who am I? To deliver the son of God? Like, who am I? I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm 16, 17. And yet I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, I want to take a second to really dive into that word blessed. See, I think a lot of people see that and they take it to one extreme. And what we see, especially later on in the book of Luke, a lady comes to Jesus just after she performed or after he performed a miracle. And this lady goes to him and she says, man, blessed are the, 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 the bosom that nursed you and the womb that bore you. And he goes, no, no, blessed are those who hear God's word and keep it. See, Mary's blessed here because she heard God's word. She believed it wholeheartedly. And she was faithful through it. And Elizabeth walking in and, and hearing what Elizabeth had to say, it cemented that. And Mary was faithful through this. We know that. Spoiler alert, if you've never heard the story, Mary delivers Jesus. Right? It's what we celebrate in a couple of weeks. And yet amid all of this confusion, she is comforted by the fact that God chose her. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't get it. But she's comforted because she knows who God is. She knows what God has done. And she's willing to praise him no matter what. In verse 49, she kind of flips the page from what God is doing through her and starts to praise him for who he is. Check out what it says. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Mary knew this. Mary knew what God had done, not just for her, but for her people, for Israel. And what's awesome is she dives into that in just a few verses. But just like we should be, Mary also knew the scriptures. She was reading and restating some old psalms. Check out what she says in Psalm 18. It's not going to come up on the screen. Just, just hear me out. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. See, God's strength is a safe place to be, and Mary knew that. And Mary knew in his strength she would be taken care of. Psalm 28, just a few psalms later, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart has trusted in him and I am helped. I have trusted in him. I have believed in him and he helps me. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. That's what Mary's doing. Because of God's strength, Mary knew she would be taken care of and she knew what was happening was true. She praises him for his strength because that's part of who God is. But so is God's holiness. She praises him for that in the very next verse. She says, and holy is his name. So God is super strong and he is holy. She's praising him for that too. Check out what Isaiah 6 says. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
Now, we talked about repetition just a second ago, and when you repeat something twice, that's a big deal. When you repeat it three times, that takes it to a level that's almost unimaginable. And God's holiness is one of the things that we should hang our hats on and rest on and praise because in his holiness, he cannot sin. He cannot say things that don't come to pass. And she believes it. She believes that through God's promises, things are going to be fulfilled. We're going to see that in just a second too. Verse 50, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Going back to the Old Testament scriptures, which Mary knew. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. This is Deuteronomy 4.31. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenants he has made with your fathers that he swore to them. See, Mary knew these scriptures. She knew what was going on. And she knew that his strength and his mercy and his holiness would bring about all of the promises that he has made to her people. She talks about that right now. Verses 51 through 55 say this. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Do a quick backtrack through Exodus. Moses goes before Pharaoh. Who got humbled? Pharaoh. The strongest ruler in the world was humbled by a great, mighty, holy, strong, merciful God. And the humble, the low, the slave, Israel, was set free. See, Mary's looking back on all of this history, and she's seeing how good God has been. Verse 53, he's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. See, this this continues on, and it keeps going. For generation to generation, through Abraham's offspring, Mary is very aware that God's promises are about to come to pass. All of the prophecy that talked about the Messiah was happening in her and through her, and so she praised God. Mary remained there for about three months, and then she returned home. See, Elizabeth was actually about to deliver John. And if you've ever been around a newborn baby, you don't get much sleep. So Mary was like, peace out, I'm going back, right? She's heading back home. And so my sermon point for you guys today, what we're going to be focusing on for the rest of the time that we have together is we must praise God for who he is, for what he has done, and in all seasons and circumstances. So i got to ask you, church, do you do that? Are you biblically rooted enough to know who God is so that you can praise him appropriately? See, that's a question we got to ask. Have you really taken the time to see and grasp his goodness and his kindness, his strength and his holiness and his grace and his mercy, all the things that Mary talked about? You see, because that's not just who God is. There's way more to him. That's what she talked about. But there is so much more to praise. And if you truly know who God is, you'll be able to praise him because you know that he's faithful through all of the ups and the downs. 
Do you praise God for what he's done? Or do you praise him for what you want him to do? Especially when he does what you want him to do. Last week, Pastor Eddie's point was all about faith. Faith isn't waiting for God to do. It's knowing that God has already done. Knowing that he's already accomplished it. Mary did this as she looked back on what he had done for his chosen people, for Israel. She looked back on all of the history that was there. But sometimes when we want God to do certain things, we lose sight of what he has done. And we complain and get bitter about the things that we want him to do. And when we do that, we lose sight of the fact that he's provided everything we could possibly need in our biggest struggle against our biggest enemy. See, Jesus was born to die. He was born so that he could live a perfect life and take the weight of our sin to the cross. And in that battle, God has not just provided, but he has provided abundantly. See, Jesus did that and he took on the weight of our sin so that no matter what, we can always look back on what God has done and be thankful and give praise. What about in all of your seasons and circumstances? Can you praise God there? Do you praise God there? When we're in a storm, a lot of times we don't feel like we should be the one who is struggling and suffering but yet God's word calls us to praise him. Even in the middle of that, whether it's cancer or COVID or criticism, death, divorce, you're dissatisfied with your job, you've got disobedient kids, guess what? It doesn't matter. We're called to praise him. I think back of a brother that we had here at church. His son was in his 20s. And for the last few years of his son's life, he battled against cancer. Yet again, they never ceased to praise. And as a young believer at that time, I was looking at this man's faith. I was looking at this man praise God in the middle of his son's sickness. And at his son's funeral, the entire time he praised God for his goodness. He praised God for his faithfulness and for his mercy. That's what praise is. See, when we think about Jesus, Jesus wasn't here and had all of these amazing circumstances. Scripture says he had no place to lay his head. He was literally going town to town with the sandals on his feet and the clothes on his back to bring God to people, to provide for us in our greatest need. And he knew what the purpose and the meaning of that was. And his whole entire life was lived out in praise to the Father all the way up to the cross. 
even on the cross. And for us in taking a look at that, the biggest act of praise that we could do is live for him. Because Jesus, on the way to the cross, he didn't just say, hey guys, hold on, time out. God, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. He didn't do that. He took it all the way up to his death. He lived in submission to God's holy will. And because of that, we have the ability to come to God through Christ. We have the ability to praise him for who he is and for what he has done in every circumstance, in every season, because even then our greatest need against sin has been met. How would this city look, church, if that was our heart? What would this country look like? If instead of walking around complaining, we had a heart and a posture of praise towards him, we would be giving God all the glory and being a light for him in this sick, broken, dark, twisted place that we live in today. We would be able to point people to a hope that is eternal and truly help them understand what it is to celebrate Christmas, celebrate the fact that God stepped out of heaven to take on flesh, to die in our place. That's what we give praise to every single day of our lives. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and praise you. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. And we know, Lord, that in the middle of our circumstances, you are God and you are good and you are sovereign and in control, Lord, that you have a purpose and a meaning that is being worked out. And we trust you through that, which is why we praise you. Father, you alone are worthy of our praise because you alone have taken our weight and, and bore our shame on the cross to make atonement for us so that we can come to you and be blessed. Father, be blessed by what your son Jesus did. Help us to continue to praise you, Father, for who you are and what you've done, no matter what. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise you and we thank you. And it's in your son's holy name that we pray. Amen. Love you, church.